And you're back in the doctor's lounge. Welcome back. I'm your host, Dr. Hal. Every week we come to you with the best in chat radio, in healthcare, the kinds of things that doctors talk about amongst themselves in doctor's lounges all across the country. We try to share with you the issues about healthcare, about uh, what's going on, so that you can advocate for your family, for yourselves, so that you can have the best health care possible. Because if you don't know what the issues are, then you are at the mercy of those who are going to tell you what you should be thinking or what you should be doing. And so Docs for Patient Care Foundation is the sponsor of this show. Uh, the Docs for Patient Care Foundation is the organization that uh, I founded as uh, a physician advocacy group years ago, and now we're a foundation and the only physician-led, physician-run healthcare think tank in the country. Um, we uh, stand for the doctor-patient relationship, for healthcare freedom, and we will fight in every arena for your right to be able to make healthcare choices for you and for your family. So you need to support the Docs for Patient Care Foundation. That's triple W D the num the letter four the number four PCFoundation.org. That's D four PCFoundation.org and contribute five dollars or five thousand dollars. But this show and all the work that we do is um, is is vitally important, and and I'm hoping to share with you a, a topic that is very very near and dear to my heart. And and if I sound a little bit more um, energized today, it's because I'm going to tell you some personal things about what I do and what how what's happening today is is affecting me and my patients. Um, as directly as possible. Um, before um, I go on, I wanted to just give a plug for our healthcare um, uh, meeting, the uh, direct primary care meeting in Orlando, Florida, on November second and third. You can find out about it in uh, on the uh, Docs for Patient Care website. It is oversubscribed, but I. Between you and I, there's probably a few spots still left if you wish to attend. If you're a physician, this is really for, intended for you so that you can learn about what is happening as far as healthcare delivery is concerned. You are not um, a prisoner to um, hospital employment or to insurance or government-run health care. You can do this on your own, and we will um, explain how that is so and and give you a roadmap to do this. So I would strongly urge anyone who is interested in getting off the hamster wheel to attend this very important meeting. This is our third annual meeting for this topic, and we have the superstars of direct primary care, the creators of this model there to uh, explain how they've done it and share with you the pitfalls there, the problems that they've had and what they've had to overcome and, and help you to uh, be a happier, more productive physician. So um, 
if you um, are thinking about coming, um, just uh, get off the dime and and make the commitment and come. And uh, we would love to have you there. Uh, you know, there is so much going on right now in in our um, in our world that uh, is. It really, it's if you are um, someone who has been around for a number of years, you just don't know what is happening. It's the. It seems like the world is upside down. That we're living in two parallel universes, and um, there is no more right or wrong. There is no more um, the institutions that that we are that we rely on no longer can be relied on. It seems like we are so polarized into tribes that there is really um, a brewing um, conflict going on in our country that uh, I am worried about. And we talk about health care on this show every week. That's what this show is dedicated to. And, um, you know, I... uh, have been talking about healthcare freedom for years, and I've discussed issue after issue, trying to show using evidence, using experience, that the left, I'm not talking about liberals, I'm talking about the left, they are a fraud. They are, they, uh, they lie, they cannot be believed, and they have agendas that are dedicated to undermining the principles and the institutions that make America great, make our country what we are. And um, I focus on health care, and I'm going to bring this around back to health care in, in, in just a moment. But my wife comments about me um, always being angry, and, and I hate being angry. I, I like to be happy, but I will say that um, for those people who feel like they don't have the time to get involved or are complacent or don't think that they could make a difference, you are wrong. If you sit on the sidelines and say nothing, then you're just as complicit as those who are trying to undermine everything that's good about what we are all about. And so, um, you know, I think that, yeah, I might be angry, but I really feel like if you direct that anger in a positive way and try to make a difference to preserve what's good. I think that that's so important. And everything about the left is about restricting choices or making, imposing their will on people. In healthcare, it's about having the government control things and um, not patience, not patients with the direction of their doctor, but the government. Um, The best way to do that is to expand the power and the reach of the government and and to get it involved in decisions that it was never intended um, to be part of. And just everything that the left touches, it destroys. They they, um, will stoop to no depth so low as to get their way. And they want to expand the reach of government, not help people. And that's the lie that they portray, that they're about helping people. And the, We know that the larger the government, the smaller the individual. And 
healthcare is a key to controlling a population. And if the government controls the ability of the people to be taken care of, then they're dependent on the whims of government and the people who control the government. And the leaders on the left are probably the most corrupt people and do not live by what they preach everybody should be living by. Look at people like Maxine Waters, who is one of the leaders of this resist movement, this left movement. How How does somebody like her become a multimillionaire serving as a a, a, a congresswoman for decades. You know, the, you just need to open your eyes and see what's going on to understand what the the lies are all about and what they're trying to um, uh, sell the people as a bill of goods. They they enrich themselves. They suck resources away and live lavishly, while the poor schnooks who are listening to them and believing the the pablum that they're that they're um, serving, they buy into this garbage and and um, accept what uh, the politicians tell them that they should be happy um, with. And if you doubt this, look at every regime that is on the left and take a hard look at how their leaders live: Cuba, Russia, China, North Korea. Venezuela. Venezuela used to be one of the most prosperous countries, just filled with with um, uh, the the um, the largest oil reserves in the world. The leaders there live incredibly lavish lives, while the population is among the poorest in the world. They have food shortages there, and and the political class live like kings. But the left are masterful at PR and propaganda. You know, the Republican Party are the worst PR um, uh, organization in the world. They they just do not know how to message. But the left is great at it. And the truth is never told. And for, um, who for a second thinks that the leaders of these countries deny themselves anything? Who believes that the average citizen in these countries gets the same health care as the ruling class in these countries? That never happens. The people in these countries get the best health care. And if they can't get it in their country, they go elsewhere. Look at um, Danny Williams, the prime minister of Newfoundland, who um, back in the uh, in the early 2000s came to um, came to uh, Miami to get a heart uh, surgery and why is that? Because he felt like he wanted the best health care and he couldn't get it in Canada, where all the other poor schnooks have to get what the country tells them to get. So we talk about this all the time. You know, we talk about the lies of the left, the big fraud, the single payer health care system, the expansion of Medicaid. They try to portray that as good things for the people, but. These are not concepts to help people. They're fraudulent. They are tactics to control the health care of the public. And if we have time after I tell my story that I really want to tell today, I will get more into that. We talk about that all the time on this show, and, and um, I will 
um, not stop talking about those topics because it, it, you cannot tell that story enough so that people hear about this. But the, my problem is that I see through this smokescreen that's been, been created by the left. And when they get involved in an issue regarding health care, I have a difficult time staying silent. That's my that's my weakness. I can't sit by idly and let them get away with this. And and this is something that is is a um, you know it, it, this is this is what my wife gets on me about because she feels like I get too angry about these issues. But I I am sorry that that's just who I am, and and I have to get involved to try to explain how the left is trying to undermine everything that is good about our country, about our way of life, about health care. And they lack human decency. They'll stop at nothing to impose their will on everyone, not what people um, not what's not what people want, not what's good for people, but what they want and what they believe we should be doing. And I'm going to um, pause for a second. To, uh, we're going to have a hard break in just a moment, but I want to just make a distinction between the left and liberals. They're not the same. The left themselves have made this distinction. They've done it with the term democratic socialist. That's a great example. There's no room for dissension among the left. And if you get if you don't agree with their orthodoxy you get thrown off the island and you can look at prominent liberals people like alan dershowitz for example who disagrees with some of the leftist um uh, dogma he's no longer welcome you couldn't get john f kennedy elected as a democrat today because he is way way too extreme to the right for the leftists. So we'll come back in the next segment, and I want to share with you personal uh, a personal story and why I'm talking about the left today. So stay with us in the Doctor's Lounge. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. 
So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back into the Doctor's Lounge. I'm your host, Dr. Hal. Today we are talking about the left and healthcare. And I'm going to share my personal story that really has just set me off and, and got me, you know, all fired up. Um, I left off talking about the distinction between leftists and liberals. And there is a distinction. The left is evil. The left is dangerous. And liberals are not. Um, and, but the traditional liberals better come around. They better look toward themselves and choose a side that they want to be on because if they choose the side of the leftists, they are on the wrong side of history. And um, I want to share a personal story. I got sucked into this latest fight. I seem to get sucked into more fights than I than I can handle. But this one could not be more personal for me because it's the the existential fight for my medical specialty against the forces of evil on the left, the militant LGBTQ community. And you can't even talk about these people without without risking life and limb and and personal um, reputation because they're they're well organized and they will mount um a a um a tactics against you that are very difficult to fight back against so i'm going to walk you through the issue that is that has come up and explain why this is so important and so potentially dangerous for everyone because this is the camel's nose under the tent this is you know the crack in the door and and this is where everyone must take a stand so for those of you who do not know what i do in my day job i'm a pediatric urologist and i have done this for over 30 years now let me um, tell you what a pediatric urologist does. Pediatric urologist is a surgeon who deals with disorders that affect the genitourinary system. That's the genital genital system and the urinary system. They come together in people. But we address the problems in children. And many of the problems that people like myself take care of are congenital birth defects. And we perform surgical procedures, reconstructive surgery, to fix problems that that occurred during the development of the children. And this is a highly specialized field. It takes advanced training and it takes years of experience to get good at doing this. It, it, so right now, you finish college, you go to medical school, that's eight years. Then you do a residency in urology, that's another five or six years. And then another two years of a pediatric urology fellowship. So this takes a lot of training to be able to 
take care of children with these problems. Now, urologists who devote their lives to taking care of children are perhaps the most committed and the most dedicated people in the specialty of urology. And I don't mean this in a bad way. I, I am not trying to, you know, minimize or diminish the role of urologists who uh, take care of adults with problems or any other specialty. Um, but I believe that doctors who take care of children are blessed. I think that that it takes special people to be able to take care of children. It takes patience to deal with their parents. It takes patience to deal with the children. Pediatric doctors are among the lowest paid doctors in all of their respective specialties, whether it's pediatric urologists or pediatric cardiologists or pediatric general surgeons. The people who take care of the adult problems in those specialties are among the higher earners in those specialties. So people are not doing this for money. They're doing it for the love of what they do because they love to take care of children. They love to help people. They work often longer hours, more um, uh, longer operations, more difficult problems to address. And um, this is this is what people who do what I do are all about. Most importantly, most importantly, we are entrusted with taking care of the most precious thing in a person's life, their children. And this is a huge responsibility and a privilege. And most people who do what I do know that. We don't take it lightly. We we um, come to work every day, work hard to help children because we know that what we do is going to make a difference in somebody's life and stay with them for the rest of their life. We can change their lives in a positive way. And this is what we're all about. And the problems that we deal with range from some of the most simple, basic issues like doing a circumcision on a child, on a boy, to the most complex issues where the internal plumbing is messed up and it's sometimes not even internal. Sometimes it doesn't even get put in the insides. It winds up on the outside of the body and we have to put it back in and reconstruct things. You know, everybody's heard of, you know, separating Siamese twins, conjoined twins. Very often the urinary tracts of those children are connected and we have to figure out how to separate them and fix it. That's the most highly um, specialized surgery that pediatric urologists do. This is this is tough stuff. And, you know, people don't talk about urology because it's not sexy. It's not like, you know, like orthopedic surgery, you know, where, you know, you walk around with a cast. It's not like a tearjerker like brain surgery or heart surgery. But this is very important surgery for children, for people, for their families. And um, and so, so this is something that, uh, you know, we sometimes will see children who are born with genitalia, with genitals that are so abnormal and so unusual that 
that we can't even tell what they are, let alone their parents. And you can imagine how difficult this may this is for a parent, and this is where the problem starts. So um, when I was in training a long time ago, this was a child who was born with abnormal genitals was considered a medical emergency. And um, I'm going to digress for a second because there are militant activists, LGBTQ groups who believe that all of these children should be left alone, that people should be happy to be what they are, to let nature dictate who they are and what they will be. And this is where this conflict lies. And I'm going to come back to this in 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 this show, but I'm trying to explain what the issue is and set the table. So so um, when I was in training, children who were born with abnormal genitals, they were called intersex, and they were uh, many times we wouldn't know whether they were boys or girls. And parents, you can imagine if you're a parent and you have a child, and they say, "What is it, a boy or a girl?" And you say, well, you know, we're not sure. And you can just imagine the, the anxiety and the, the difficulty a family has when you have to tell them that. And we, I was trained um, with, with, uh, the, uh, with that being a medical emergency. And we would do the best we could to test these babies, to do chromosomes, to do x-rays, to do all kinds of tests before the baby left the hospital so we could give the parents our best assessment of what these children were. Were they boys? Were they girls? That doesn't exist anymore today because there are 41 different genders according to some of these radical, um, you know, LGBTQ um, groups. So, so this is this is you know when I was in training, this was not an issue. Um, we were we were concerned about this. Today, addressing this is an issue because of this militancy that exists today in our society. And this is very different than, than the people who consider themselves tran or who consider themselves, you know, fluid gender. You know, the, there's, there's so many, so many different mores involved in what we're talking about. But what we are, I am talking about is children who are, who are born with genitalia that is just not quite right. But let me, further digress and tell you how things have progressed. So we we did surgery on many of these children. Many of these children were gender converted based on whether or not we felt that they had functional genitalia. If you had a, a little boy who had um, a micro penis, a penis that was maybe a, a, a couple of millimeters big, long, that's, that's an, in, in, um, you know, in my in, in my day when I was training, that was an unreconstructable and unusable um, penis, and that child was gender converted as a girl. And I'm not saying that all of that was correct, but I'm saying that that's the those are the things that we did um, forty 
30, 40 years ago. Um, many of the surgeries that got done were done on children who had a, um, a abnormal urinary tract where it was on the outside of their body and it involved the genitals. And we had to do things to reconstruct their genitals as well as the urinary tract and, and take a, a person who was a, a genetic male with no real phallus and make them into a girl. And that's where these problems arose. And we're at another hard break, and this is a very complicated story. So if this is interesting to you and you want to hear more about why this is so important, you need to stay with us and hear the rest of this story because it will affect you in one way or the other. So please stay with us. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctor's conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. So we are back in the doctor's lounge, and we're talking about uh, a, an issue that's very personal to me today. This is um, a problem that uh, is a existential fight for my specialty, and I left off telling everyone <clears throat> about about the children who are born with um, uh, abnormal genitalia that in the past were reconstructed. And the reason why this came up was that a body of, of um, research um, was, was uh, uh, produced about, uh, about 15 years ago, maybe a little longer, that looked at how children who were gender converted um, at Johns Hopkins uh, Medical Center for very... Um, rare condition called bladder extrophy um, were doing long term. 
um, when they were genetic males and they were converted to females. And, um, and the, uh, many of these, these adults were, um, unhappy. They were more than unhappy. They became drug addicts or, or they were alcoholics or they committed suicide. They felt like they were, um, not really girls, but boys and, you know, and they, um, didn't, they didn't relate to the opposite sex of their rearing. And it led to, uh, lots of questions in my specialty about what was going on. And the information that was produced, um, that, that the research, um, that, that this spawned, um, it, it um, elucidated the fact that there were other factors that were going on that we didn't know of 30, 40, 50 years ago. And it had to do with imprinting of the brain from hormones that the baby is exposed to in utero. And so if you are a, um, a male and you see testosterone, male hormone in utero, there's part of your brain that's imprinted with with um, with that testosterone that makes you feel like a male. If you don't have testosterone and there's estrogen in the in the um, that predominates, the brain imprints as a female. And we don't know all the answers to this, but this is the this this. Um, body of research has been unlocked and is out there and we realized that we shouldn't really be gender converting people if we could avoid it. And so this effort by the LGBTQ community and other um, medical specialties that weigh in on this and others, they are Johnny-come-latelys because this moratorium on doing this kind of surgery was a self-imposed moratorium by our specialty. We recognized that we should not be doing this, and we have, for the most part, stopped doing this as a specialty. And let me digress. The people who want to stop this kind of surgery, this gender-altering surgery, are the same people who would think nothing of having the government cover gender um, altering surgery. They want to see the government cover um, gender conversion surgery. So their beef is that this is being done in children before the age of assent or consent. And, and that's where the problem lies. So let me um, move on to tell you about the next phase. So, so this moratorium was self-imposed but there, but that this is um, not really the whole story. Um, in my specialty, there are many individuals who find a lot of the things that we do objectionable. Um, we used to dismiss them as nuts, as crazies for years. We would go to our national meetings, and there would be, you know, maybe maybe twenty five or fifty protesters outside of our national pediatric urology meetings carrying picket signs um, who were against us doing circumcisions. And 
you know, we felt like they were the fringe elements. They exist everywhere. They exist in pretty much every specialty. But fast forward to today, <clears throat> and one of the biggest issues, as we know it is, is this transgender issue. Bathrooms, the North Carolina case with the bathroom issue, you know, having um, uh, unisex bathrooms in schools. You know, and if you don't know about what's going on with this, you've been living under a rock or sleeping through the 2000s. So the movement behind this is driven by, again, a very activist LGBTQ community. They're militant. They're well-funded. And the most militant and disruptive groups are the ones that are funded by George Soros, who is behind many of these efforts. And these groups oppose what we as pediatric urologists do, and they're prepared to shut down our specialty using any means possible. And <clears throat> let me, let me um, f- tell you what, what that means. So, so they want to see an end to all gender surgery. That's their goal. And you know, they've used the pretense of gender conversion or gender reassignment in children who have no ability to give consent for this. And um, it is uh, one issue that, as I've said, is not really as big of a problem or big of an issue as it once was because our specialty has imposed a specialty-wide moratorium, and it's not—it's us, not them, that deserves credit for recognizing this and doing this. But they now are extending this. There's a special group of children that we take care of who have a problem with overproduction, or well, no, that's not—who have a problem with the um, normal production of hormones that the adrenal glands are supposed to produce. And they have a a chemical block that does not allow those adrenal hormones to be produced. Now, in the production of adrenal hormones, there is a lot of chemical steps that go on. And one of those steps is that if there is a block in the normal production of the hormone, then everything upstream gets built up. And the, the, um, the chemicals before the final production of those adrenal hormones resemble the same hormones that, that um, boys' testicles make, the testosterone. And so what happens in little girls who have this adrenal problem they have been exposed to a block in their in their hormone production and they come out looking like little boys in many cases they have they don't have a normal clitoris they have a a clitoris that looks very often like a penis they don't have a normal vagina on the outside their vagina is up inside and not at the level of the skin. And they don't have a short urethra like most girls have. They have a long urethra like like boys do. But in every aspect of, of things, these are girls. They're girls chromosomally. 
They are girls internally. They have ovaries. They have a vagina. They have a uterus. They can produce. They can reproduce. They can have children. So they need surgery to fix this problem. And this is what the militant LGBTQ community is focused on. They are trying to shut this down, and they're trying. And they're enlisting any means possible to try to stop this kind of surgery. And they call this genital mutilation surgery. And they put into this category other things that we as pediatric urologists do, including circumcision. They lump male circumcision in with female circumcision. Now, again, this community wants to take credit for um, taking the the cover off of female circumcision, which is also called female genital mutilation, when in fact it was my specialty, pediatric urologists, who blew the whistle on all of this when we started to see the influx of African and Middle Eastern girls coming into this country with abnormal genitalia from female circumcision. It was our specialty that that figured this problem out and blew the whistle on this, not the LGBTQ community. So you cannot equate male circumcision with female circumcision. They are not the same thing, and and it is, again, one of the great lies of the left to try to put this all in the same bucket. But there are other problems that we take care of as pediatric urologists. There are problems involving the penis that are birth defects that we take care of. There are problems involving testicles that are birth defects that we take care of. And if you're a parent and you have a child who has one of these problems, you want somebody to be able to help you, to take care of this problem for your child because you want your child to to be right, to not have a problem. Well, there's there are groups, and let me let me point out one of these groups. One of these groups is called Interact, and Interact is a is a militant group of of uh, um, of the LGBTQ community that advocates for pro, quote protecting the most vulnerable members of our society, such as children born with intersex traits or variations of sex development. And again, they're lumping all of the problems of the genitourinary tract together. Now, they're very careful at trying not to put down on paper much of what their agenda is. They're trying to confine this to just those conditions that are gender-altering conditions, but that's not what they are all about. They're about shutting down any kind of genital surgery because part of their mission statement is to allow children to be born with what they have. They should be um, happy with what nature and God created them to be. And this is as ludicrous as anything that I've ever heard. <clears throat> Could you imagine if you didn't fix problems like a cleft lip or cleft palate or a club foot or large, you know, growths on on the face of children? 
you you would think that these parents are are actually monsters allowing their children to go through life with this. Well, having a problem that affects the genitals is no different than any of these other birth defects. But to the LGBTQ community, they are not birth defects. They are badges of honor. And they want to be the ones who decide who gets what kind of surgery and and um and they want to shut this down. That's that's what they're all about. And I'm going to just go through with you in the last segment some of the <clears throat> tactics that they've utilized to try to accomplish their goals and why this is so critical. This is mission critical for every single person to oppose this with every fiber of their being. So stay with us. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. This is Dr. Susan Blank, host of Detailing Addiction and Medical Director of the Atlanta Healing Center. Please join me on Tuesday afternoons at 4 p.m. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're finishing up our show today in the Doctor's Lounge. If any of you are interested in more information about this or want to figure find out how you can help, because I'm going to tell you in a few minutes, 
just um, send an email to Dr. Hal at AmericasWebRadio.com, and uh, I will uh, get that and get back with you. And you should share this this um, webinar, this this uh, podcast with people because I think this is so important. And and so why why am I spending time on this show today? Because this militant LGBTQ community that is funded by George Soros to wreak havoc. Um, among among uh, parents, ostensibly to protect children from from dangerous doctors like me, is is really what the danger is, because they want to see a ban on surgery of any kind on any of the genitalia, and um, to further their goals of increasing this community of people who have. Um, genital abnormalities. And I'm not saying that these people are, are abnormal. That's not what I am saying. And, and I have nothing against the LGBTQ community. I, I fully support, you know, their right to be, you know, uh, free to do what they want to do on a personal basis. But they need to stay in their lane and stay out of the business of parents who are trying to get the best health care for their children and doctors who are trying to provide that care for their children. <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> this group has been very active, the Interact group, in going to legislators and trying to get um, this type of surgery on any of the genitalia banned um, in different states around the country. They failed in Nevada They've failed up till now in California. It's going to be on the ballot again this election season. Um, it's going to be introduced as a bill by um, Representative Weiner, who is going to try to put a ban on this type of surgery. But as I said, this is not just a ban on gender reassignment surgery. And adrenal hyperplasia patients, the ones I'm telling you about, the little girls who come out looking like boys who are really girls, that's not gender reassignment surgery. That's corrective surgery for a problem that they have. But this LGBTQ group are so focused and so narrow-minded <clears throat> that they want to lump this all together along with other problems of the genitalia. And they're willing to lie and make a case to legislators who they get on their side who will then try to put through legislation to stop it. And California is a great place to start, but they're going to go this season to Vermont and to Oregon, to very liberal states, and try to get this on on the uh, legislative agenda and get these laws passed. Now, why is this bad? Well, you know, this is bad because if they get this type of legislation passed, then none of the surgery can get done in that state. And that means that patients children are denied that that type of operation they either have to go out of state or they won't get um, coverage with their insurance plan and they will have to pay out of pocket and these people will stoop at nothing to get their agenda passed they're already um, making their way into the specialty societies they have gotten the um, the uh, um, American As uh, As Academy of Family Practice to 
get behind this effort at stopping this surgery. They have gotten the, they're working on the American Medical Association. They've gotten a policy statement by three former um, surgeon generals to, quote, rethink genital surgery on intersex infants. And again, in intersex infants is the camel's nose under the tent because the population that I'm talking about is their way of getting this on the agenda. These are not intersex patients in the true sense of the word. And the parents of these children who have their own support group are on our side. They they feel that the LGBTQ community, the Interact group, should stay out of this because this is a lie. This is this is just not correct. And so, what the the um, the fight is, or will be, is going to be a uh, very very long and protracted one that's going to be costly. Because they're going to fight this in every state, and they're going to fight this in the media. They're going to try to fight this by going to medical societies to support their position. And people are afraid. They're afraid to fight back against the LGBTQ community. Why? Because they don't want to become targets. One of my good friends is a well-respected pediatric urologist who um, runs um, a clinic in a well-respected children's hospital in this country, and I'm hoping to have him on on a future show. And this group launched a, a, a vicious social media attack on him personally. They picketed outside of his children's hospital with his face and name on signs calling him a baby mutilator. And this is just outrageous. It's over the top. And this is a parental rights issue. This is a child right issue. This group wants to make this into a child's rights issue because they're saying that this surgery shouldn't be done. And they're trying to usurp the authority and the ability of parents to make the right decision for their patients, for the for their children, and be big brother and be the ones to make this decision. But make no mistake about it, it will not stop at this. It's going to go on to any kind of genital surgery, including circumcision. And if you think that that's hyperbole, all you have to do is look at Iceland because they tried to pass a national law in Iceland and it got postponed, not defeated, not thrown out, but postponed, banning circumcision in males. Now, I recall that that happened once before banning circumcision nationally. Oh, yeah, in Germany in 1933, they banned circumcision on males. Well, you know what? This is where we're heading. If we allow groups like Interact to bully their way into into legislature around the country, into um, hospitals, into specialty societies, into into um, insurance companies, because 
this is this is the line in the sand that needs to be drawn. People need to understand that just because you have a popular cause and and it's not popular to um, oppose their positions or offend them, that the positions that they take, as wrong as they may be, are it's okay to fight back against them. And that's what we need to do. This is the line in the sand because it's not going to stop here and it's not going to stop with with um you know this this issue what happens when the government starts saying what surgeries we can and cannot do because that's what this is all about they'll say well gosh you know what um mrs jones you're 75 and you need this heart operation but you know what we decided that that um 75 year olds shouldn't have that heart operation because it's just not the right thing to do. You know, we'll, we'll give you some medicine and, uh, and let you on your way. Or, you know, um, Mr. Smith, you don't need a knee replacement. You're, you're, uh, you're 60, 68 years old and we're not gonna pay for that. You know, you, the, this is surgery that we're just not going to approve in this country. That happens already. It happens in Great Britain. It happens in Canada. And you know what? That's what single payer is about, and that's what the gov- that's what uh, government involvement in healthcare is about. That's what the left is all about. It's about control. It's about deciding who can get what, and letting the government be the agent to do the controlling. And that's not the way it needs to be. So, Doctor Hal at America's Web Radio dot com, I'll. I would love for you to get involved in stopping this militancy right now before it goes any further. And I'll be happy to tell you how you can contribute, how you can be part of this. Um, if you're in Vermont or in Oregon and listening to this, you need to know that this is going to be on your legislative agenda this year and in California. So this is something that you need to get involved with right away. Otherwise, if before you, um, if you don't, um, you'll wake up one morning and you'll not be able to get the kind of health care that you think you're that you need or that you deserve. So thank you for being with us today in the Doctor's Lounge. And uh, come back to uh, the show next week with Dr. Mike, and I'll be back with you in two weeks. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Get 